Welcome to The Leader's Notebook with Dr. Mark Rutland. Dr. Rutland is a world-renowned leadership expert. He is a New York Times best-selling author, and he has served as the president of two universities. The Leader's Notebook is brought to you by Global Servants. For more information about Global Servants, please visit our website, globalservants.org. Here is your host, Dr. Mark Rutland. God is not only the God of Abraham, he's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. In other words, he's the God, the same God, generation after generation. Hello, I'm Mark Rutland, and welcome to The Leader's Notebook. When I began Global Servants, my wife and I began Global Servants as Trinity Foundation, it was called in those days, in 1977. I can hardly believe it. In 1982, we began, uh, Global Servants began our work in West Africa. It was called Trinity Foundation in the United States and elsewhere in India, Peru, Mexico, and particularly in Ghana. Now the organization has evolved everywhere else, but in Ghana, it's Trinity Foundation. We never imagined what it would be, and it has become a, a wonderful international ministry operating in three different continents. I'm, I'm so blessed to know it. What also never occurred to me was that someday I would, as it never occurs to young people, that I would begin to stand down from active executive leadership, which I did four years ago, and turned the leadership of Global Servants over to my son, Travis. Today, on The Leader's Notebook, I'm going to be interviewing the next generation of leadership. My son, Travis, who has become the new international president of Global Servants, and Sammy O'Donnell's son, Daniel, is now the Africa director. So today is the second in this series of interviews about our ministry in West Africa and today, I'm delighted to interview Travis Rutland, International President of Global Servants, and Daniel Odano, West Africa Director. Welcome to The Leader's Notebook. Thank you so much for having me, Dad. I'm excited to be here with you today. I think I was uh, on The Leader's Notebook about a year ago. We talked about some church growth things and some global servant stuff as well. And I'm, uh, I'm glad to join you again and be back with you. And we have with us uh, uh, the West Africa Director, so this is very interesting. It's Daniel O'Donnell. So when I was the international president, uh, Sammy O'Donnell was the West Africa director. Now I stood down as president. Travis, you've become the international president. Yes. And Sammy's son, Daniel, yes. has become the West Africa director. So Daniel, welcome to the Leader's Notebook. Thank you, Dr. Atland. I'm super excited to be here as well. We are super excited to have you as our guest. Yes, sir. So first of all, Sammy and I were reminiscing about you two guys, and we were remembering when we'd be at the missions compound there in Enwamaso that you two thugs would take sticks mm -hmm. and chase the lizards around the compound. Right. How right. does it right. how does it seem to you now <laughs> to be the two men in charge of the whole operation? That's right. That's right. Well, the 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 lizards continue to be concerned about us. So <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, I first visited Ghana. In, I was 11 when we went in 1986. Mm -hmm. So I was 11, and I think Dan's a few years younger than I am. So he was probably eight or nine when we first met and uh, known each other uh, for more than 30 years now. 
So, Dan, do you? I know you have Sammy, your little boy. Is he chasing the lizards around the compound? Yes, he's also doing the same thing. <laughs> I know, right? Well, that's great. Mm. Well, uh, Sammy made the joke. It's actually a, a, a biblical joke. He was saying that Jesus said, I'll make you fishers of men. So he's going to make you guys chasers of men. Now. I like it. I like it. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> so, um, Daniel, let, let's begin with this now. Uh, give us something of the current status uh, of the work in West Africa. What, if, what is actually happening in West Africa and in which countries are you involved as the, uh, as the international director there in West Africa? Okay, thank you, Doc. So we have a ministry running in Ghana, in Benin, in Burkina Faso, and then La Côte d'Ivoire. So currently there's a church, a second church, being almost completed in Benin. And like my dad also said to you in the earlier podcast, we have um, a girl's home in Ghana, and then we started a Trinity Foundation School, which currently has about 500 kids. And thanks to you and Global Servants and all the donors, we have a new science laboratory being built. It's almost done, actually and then a cafeteria, and then it's great. All these new buildings are really adding on to the work in West Africa. Wonderful. Mm. Travis, uh, I heard you the other night speaking at a place, and you said uh, that it's becoming a STEAM school. Yes. And I, I just explained to our listeners, what is a STEAM school, and, and is that uh, unique or extraordinary in Ghana? Uh, yes, it is. Science, technology, engineering, arts, and math. And so uh, previously, you've also heard about STEM programs, S-T-E-M, that don't have the arts. But now that we've completed an auditorium there at the school, we're uh. able to incorporate arts. So we've actually gone from a STEM program to a STEAM program. And so that's actually um, the abbreviation uh, that they use here in the States and in other places as so well. So it, it, in general, it would mean a comprehensive program, a liberal, yes. art, liberal arts program. Yes, and specifically that gives them advantages in science, technology, engineering, math, that, that normal schools, they're going to teach those things, but STEAM schools have uh, additional resources mm. available to the students. For example, we're really only one of six schools in all of Ghana that has a comprehensive STEAM program. So you think of all the elementary schools, high schools, all of those things, boarding schools that are all over uh, Ghana, and there's only, we're one of only six that has a comprehensive STEAM program. We partnered with Oral Roberts University to build a science lab. Uh, when I was there to uh, sort of open the science lab, cut the ribbon, so to speak, and open the science lab. I was talking with a news reporter that was there from a local newspaper, and he was saying that he had lived his entire life in Ghana, gone to Ghanaian schools, all of those things. He said he had never seen a science lab that looked like the one that we have at the Trinity Foundation School. So we have heavily invested in those um, things, our library, our science uh, room, our performing arts center, those kinds of things um, we've heavily invested in to try and give our students at Trinity Foundation Foundation School, the uh, the best sort of uh, educational opportunities available. And now, Daniel, I understand you're about to open a computer lab as well, that that's just about being been installed. Is that right? Yes. So the equipment has been installed and is up and running now. It's a state of the act. All these most recent technology 
we have installed on these computers. It's a magnificent artifice. You must see it. I'm not mistaken about this, right? It's only K through eighth grade. Correct. So Correct. this is pretty ambitious academic level. I mean, if you said this is a, this was some kind of a pre-college program, but this is only up through eighth grade. This Correct. is they're very aggressive, isn't yes. it? Yes. The You're daycare, right. uh, the daycare is large, mm-hmm. and then the elementary school and middle school up to the eighth grade. And in Ghana educational system, there is a, there's a, a national test administered at the end of the eighth grade. And it has a great determination effect on on what can happen next. Uh, You guys explain that to our listeners. Dan, you want to talk about that? Yes. So at the eighth grade, which we call the JHS3, there's a West African Examination Council exam for Ghana, Sierra Leone, Nigeria, and I think the Gambia. The, the English-speaking English-speaking countries of West Africa. Write this common exam so you get entry into the senior high school. And I'm also glad to say that for the kids who have written from Trinity Foundation School, we have a 100% distinction and they all get admission into very top-notch senior high schools. 100% pass rate. Yes, sir. What is the national pass rate? Well, um, averagely, I think across Ashanti region, which the school is, I can speak for, I must admit, is around 70% thereabout. So So. 100% from Trinity Foundation School. That's wonderful. Congratulations. And then on the same compound with, uh, in that missions compound in Anwamaso, which is really a suburb, if you will, a village on the uh, outskirts of Kumasi, the larger city, there's a church there, there's the daycare, there's the kindergarten, there's the elementary school, middle high, and two two homes. And then there is also uh, the West African, the new West African uh, House of Grace. For many, many years, we've had House of Grace in Thailand. And then, Travis, a, a few years ago, you began House of Grace in West Africa. Yes, actually, uh, 11 years. It's amazing how quickly wow. it goes. So we started uh, House of Grace Ghana uh, 11 years ago with just a handful of girls. And uh, those girls now have have gone through and and have gone into secondary school. As Dan mentioned, when he says JSS, for our American listeners, it stands for junior secondary school, what, what we call middle school. Mm. They call JSS. And then SS is secondary school which we call high school. So those girls have gone on to high school and now are preparing to transition into university, our first set of girls. So it's very gratifying to, wow. to see them work through the educational process 11 years later. And then we built a new dorm, just recently completed that uh, in the middle of sort of everything that was happening with COVID. And then we've brought more girls in. So we have started with a handful of girls and we're now at about 30 girls on the compound at House of Grace Ghana and all of those uh, moving forward in their educational pursuits and the, the destinies and, and purposes that God has for them. So it's it's exciting and gratifying to to see that ministry flourish in West Africa. We had the the template from Thailand, but 
culturally, Thailand and Ghana are very different. They're very different places. They're very different countries, all of those things. And so we weren't sure if the template would work in West Africa as, as it has worked in, in Southeast Asia, and it has. And it's been wonderful to see the, the House of Grace concept and the idea that is House of Grace move to a whole nother continent and flourish there and see these girls' lives changed and transformed. So it's been wonderful to see. From the very beginning of House of Grace, we've had this tagline, saving little girls for big destinies. Yes. And it's it's really been true. It's not just a tagline. We have seen little girls come from villages and desperate situations, desperate situations of ignorance and poverty and exposure to to sexual predation. And it's really been wonderful to see them find real destinies. It is. And and almost all the girls in Ghana and many of the girls that I speak to in Thailand as well. And now they're not girls anymore. They're my age. We're all, the, you know, the earliest girls from Thailand are now middle-aged like I am. So, yeah. but it's it's awesome to see so many of the girls and especially the ones from Ghana that I've spoken to recently. They all want to get an education. They become, want to become a teacher or a doctor or a nurse. But what they want to do is return to their village and invest back in the place that they grew up from. They want, now as they have been changed, they now want to be agents of change in the places that they grew up and watch those villages flourish and and see the next generation of children in those villages be transformed. So it's it's very gratifying that these girls don't want to receive an education and immediately flee to Europe or to America. They want to go back to where they're mm. from and be agents of change in those places. So it's it's awesome to see. Dan, you have these girls now that are moving out of middle high, out of JSS, and into high school. And that means that in just a few years, they're going to be ready for university level. Mm -hmm. Do Have some of them expressed to you dreams for their lives? Uh, are they wanting to be teachers? Do they, do they have a sense of their own destiny? Yes, they do. So we had just a career day last week on the school compound. And it will amaze you. So the career day is more or less like a professional day where the kids are allowed to come in costumes of the profession they dream to have in future. Oh, nice. Yes. So we had a bunch of them wanting to be nurses and police officers. And then specifically for House of Grace, you know, they are all girls. So we had some wanting to be doctors and then lawyers all dressed up in these professional costumes. And it is amazing how their studies are approaching these professions, even as they are great show. That's wonderful. It is indeed. I just want to rehearse with our listeners, because this is very difficult to comprehend for. We have people all over the world listening, but particularly in America. Mm. You might have an immigrant or someone that has to struggle with English, but you're not going to have tribal languages. Sure. So... You think about a little girl from some village in the north whose uh, whose tribal language is, say, Konkomba mm, right. or, or something. She comes down to, she's an orphan, alone in a little village. She's uh, met by one of our pastors, sent down to House of Grace in Kumasi, where she now is surrounded by people that don't speak Konkomba. Right. They, they speak either English or Cree. Mm. And she has to start from scratch to learn two new languages because the school is all in English. Yes. Right. And and everybody in Kumasi speaks tree because they're that's a Shanti region. Yes. Yes. How do they do with that, Dan? Are they able to 
catch up and make it work? So that's a tough one. So we had to hire some form of a language interpreter or so that they'll be at par with the other students on campus. So that is done at home. And then also uh, when they get into the regular school, it's amazing how the Lord works. You have no idea with just a short time, they're able to catch up a lot of phrases and then also be at par with their colleagues in class when it comes to English learning. And am I mistaken too? The head last time I was in at the school, the headmaster told me they also teach them French. Yes, they do. So these little girls come with nothing but a tribal language mm-hmm. and finish the eighth grade with four languages. Yes, sir. Wow. <laughs> yes, sir. It's amazing. That is amazing. It is it just is. as Dan says. It's amazing how God works. It is. Now Travis is the international president and overseeing two houses of grace in two continents. You have all these little girls, uh, more than 100 in Thailand, more than 30 in Africa, and not all of them want to go to university. Some sure. want to get jobs or work in uh, you know, some kind of business. But those that want to go to university, but you make the agreement with them when they arrive, you'll pay their way through university. Absolutely. How, we do how that. does that work? We do that at both the Houses of Grace in both Thailand and Ghana. We make an agreement with the girls. There's no pressure for you to go any further with education than you want. But as far as you want to go, we guarantee and we and we promise to partner with you to do that. And so we do that through American sponsors. Uh, the, the, every little girl has their own sponsor and, and they continue to sponsor uh, the girls as they make their way through university. University in Thailand and Ghana is, of course, much more affordable than it is here in America in a lot of ways. So we're able to do that and we partner with the girls and we've had, I, I fully hope and am excited about paying for medical school in Ghana. We haven't had a girl get that far yet because they're still so much younger, but we've paid for medical school in Thailand. We've paid for law school in Thailand. We've 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 supported and partnered with these girls as far as they want to go in education with the support of, of their sponsors here in America, and we're able to do that. And so some of the girls, they're done after high school. Some of the girls want to go to a vocational school or a trade school uh, to become a seamstress or something like that. Some of them want to go to college, become a teacher. Some want to as we said, go to law school or medical school. And so it's, it's, uh, it's wonderful to see the girls carve out their own path and find the direction for their life that they want that works for them. And it's awesome that Global Servants is able to do that. Too often, I think, in education, we tell kids that one size fits all. Mm. Everybody has to go to college mm. or nobody can go to college or whatever it is. And this way, at both the Houses of Grace, we allow the girls to find their destiny and their purpose that works for them. I want to do this. I want to do that. And we're able to work with them so that they can fulfill what they, what they, you know, are believe and and know is, is the calling on their life. That's really wonderful. Uh, Travis, uh, I keep going back to that old tagline, uh, saving little girls for big destinies. The saving little girls was actually the beginning of the thing, but the big destinies means not just save them out of something. We're not just saving them from sex trafficking or saving them from being um, assaulted in their villages. We're saving them for something. Yes. Not just from something, but for something. And 
And I love the way you're saying that we don't dictate to them what their destiny is. They have to find that from God, and then we empower them. We, we en- yes. empower them to find that destiny. Empower them to find the destiny that they want to fulfill. But that's got to be expensive, uh, right? Sure, it is. It is. And we work together with sponsors here. And some of the sponsors, not only am I the president, but we sponsored a little girl for about 12 years, me and my wife, Courtney. And, and that was extremely gratifying. She was one of those that didn't want to go on to college. So she finished high school. She got a job at a restaurant. She got married. She had a baby and she's doing great. So everybody's destiny is different. So we have some folks that want to sponsor. We have other people that don't want to sponsor, but actually give towards what we call kind of the college fund. They Mm. help supplement what it costs Mm. to send these girls to to college or to university or to a trade school. We have other folks that want to invest in a building. They say, hey, I don't want to sponsor a girl, but I want to help you build a new dorm, which we're about to break ground on in Thailand, a new Mm. dorm. Um, Or they say, I want to help build uh, the school in West Africa or something like that. So we have a lot of ways for people to get involved in these girls' lives and support them and empower them in, in um, in different ways. All right. We're about to wrap this up. I'm going to ask you some very specific questions. So let's talk about the new dorm in Thailand. Let's suppose somebody's sitting there right now listening to this and they say, I can pay for that dorm and I want to. What they need to send global servants to check. What 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 pays for that dorm? The, the, the whole dorm, the entire dorm is going to cost about $500,000. So if you're sitting there with half a million dollars burning a hole in your pocket and you're ready to invest in the lives of little girls in Southeast Asia, then you can uh, send $500,000 or $100,000 or $50,000 or whatever you want to make that dorm, that new dorm happen. And uh, so, guys, uh, Travis and Daniel, I'm going to turn to each of you, and I, I want to just give you a word, let you say a parting word, something you want to say to our listeners about the work of Global Servants, but particularly um, our work in Africa. Just share a word from your heart. I'll go with you first, Daniel. Mm. You say, you're speaking to listeners all over the world, people in Australia or Europe or United States, and you say, from from the heart of West Africa, uh, this is Daniel O'Donnell speaking to you about House of Grace. Yes, sir. So um, we would want to thank you. I'm Daniel O'Donnell from Global Servants, West African Director. We want to say a big thank you to our donors, our sponsors, and to Global Servants, Travis, Dr. Ratland, these girls that you help at House of Grace hitherto would have been what we call in the local diet uh, dialect as kayaye, or would have been trafficked to be house helps or mates in some big cities. So you have changed their destiny. There are a bunch of them who have also, you know, lost both parents or were being forced into early marriages who have been saved by the state and brought to House of Grace. And to have them always have a meal three times a day, have a roof, not to worry about these, you know, human natural demands, but to concentrate on what they want to be in future by attending a very good school and also have a vocation they learn. So the older girls at House of Grace in Ghana have 
sort of paired with some of the younger girls. And it will amaze you that during the vocational training, they learn how to sew. All of the older girls who first came 11 years ago are able to sew a dress each for the younger ones who are in. Mm. And even if they don't make it through college or university, as Travis says, we know now that at least they can sew. There's a hairdressing salon, which they can also learn how to do hair. Lots of things which are happening. And we believe it's the help which comes from all of these donors, which is making this thing happen. Thank you. All the way to the ends of the earth, the word of God is gone. Now it's the time for the help to also reach these people. And we want to say thank you. And thank you, everybody. We are still open for more. If we, uh, we have a home which can house a hundred girls, I believe in no time we should be able to have them in. Wonderful. Thank you. God bless you. Wonderful, Daniel. Thank yeah. you very much. And and God bless your personal leadership there over all the churches. All those churches report to you, the school, the headmaster of the school, the girls' home, the whole thing. It's an, it's a huge portfolio, and may God help you with it. Travis, Amen. Yeah. as Daniel has all mm-hmm. of Africa, you have all of Africa and all of Thailand that right. is reporting to you. And my prayer is with you always in your leadership. How, how you. would you address our listeners? I think that Dan was dealt with it very practically, so I, I won't reiterate that. I, I would deal with it more maybe from a creative standpoint. Imagine that your entire life consists of a mud hut with a thatched roof surrounded by nothing but dirt and sand. What could you possibly imagine your life could ever become? The 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 Your destiny is defined by your immediate circumstances. Mm-hmm. How could you ever dream big dreams? How could you ever believe big destinies and big purposes? Because all you know is dirt and sand and poverty and hunger and all of those things. Every girl that comes to House of Grace Ghana is an orphan. All of those things. So, so it's impossible for someone in that situation to, I believe, to dream big dreams simply because they are so confined and imprisoned by their immediate circumstances. Mm. What House of Grace and Global Servants does in West Africa and around the world is we allow people to see a bigger destiny, a bigger purpose. There is, there is, there is more beyond. There, there is, as, as Jesus said, launch out into the deep, mm. that there is something else out there. They can see themselves now living in a big city. They can see themselves becoming a teacher. They can imagine themselves becoming a nurse, and it gives them the opportunity to do more, to believe more, to have this bigger destiny and purpose that is no longer imprisoned by their immediate circumstances. And then they can go back to those same villages and tell little girls of the next generation, you also have a destiny and a purpose. There's more than just this little village on the edge of the Sahara Desert. And, uh, That's what Global Servants does. Praise God. Thank you, Travis. Thank you, Dan. It couldn't have been said or outlined any better. Now, I'm going to urge you, go right now to your computer and look up globalservants.org, Global Servants, and click on House of Grace Thailand or House of Grace Ghana. Learn all about everything. Figure out what God wants you to do. You want to sponsor a girl. You want to help someone go to college. You want to help us get this next building built. The more little girls we can house, the more we can save. And the more we can save, the greater their destinies. I'm dreaming for the day when the 
the prime minister of Thailand would be a House of Grace graduate, when the president of Ghana would be a little girl that came through House of Grace. And I'm believing that preachers, pastors, teachers, lawyers, judges, doctors that can save lives and bodies will all come out of the out of the simple dream to save little girls for big destinies. Thank you, Travis. Thank you so much. Thank you, Dan. Thank you, Dr. Atlan. God bless you both, and God bless your work. And thank you for listening. Until we meet again, I'm Mark Rutland, and this has been The Leader's Notebook. You've been listening to The Leader's Notebook with Dr. Mark Rutland. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review today's podcast. You can follow Dr. Rutland on Twitter at Dr. Mark Rutland or visit his website, drmarkrutland.com. Join us next week for another episode of The Leader's Notebook.